0: Louise McSherry on 2FM.
1: Now, though, it is time for How to Be an Adult. And as I said earlier, I was scoffed at when I suggested this topic, not just by Caroline, my producer, but also by my very own husband, um, who looked at me like I was a moron when I said I didn't know how volcanoes worked. But, you know, that's fine. I'm willing to look stupid, guys, because <laughs> that's the whole point of How to Be an Adult is to admit that you don't know things that you feel like you probably should. So today in How To Be An Adult, we are going to talk about science and our guide is Ian Brunswick, Head of Strategic Academic Engagement at the Science Gallery in Dublin. And I'm just so grateful that you're here to save me, Ian.
0: <laughs> I don't know about saving you, but definitely uh, uh, talking about volcanoes and a bit of science. How are you, Louise?
1: I'm very well. And as I said, I don't have any problem being stupid here. You know, I really don't. Because I think that what happens is you have your subjects in school that you're interested in. And then you have your subjects that you kind of just tolerate. And I just never clicked with science. But now that I'm an adult, I realize that it would be nice to know some science. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're not. You're but you're not stupid either. Even scientists themselves. I've talked to psychologists who are like, I absolutely cannot talk about the environment because I'm an expert in everything on the brain and I know everything about it. But I can't possibly talk about this other science. So even scientists don't know uh, about other science. So it's not stupid. It's just you're you're still learning uh, about science and and gaining your your, uh, latent enthusiasm about different topics.
1: Thank you, Ian. That's very comforting. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so as I said, I don't know how volcanoes work and we're going to get to that. But let's start with COVID because obviously I think we've all been thinking about science probably more maybe than we ever have been over the last year as we've been fantasizing about a life beyond COVID-19. So can we talk about the variants? Because Mm -hmm. I think we all understand to a certain an extent COVID now, and we understand that there are variants. But how do the variants happen?
0: So it's normal for any, any virus to, to mutate over time. COVID seems to be particularly uh, mutating fast. So it's, it's basically evolution. As you have a lot of uh, COVID virus out there, um, when it goes from person to person, it changes over time. And the more of the virus you have out there, the more of these changes are going to happen. And sooner or later, uh, the COVID inside somebody's body is going to change in a way that gives it uh, an advantage over the other COVID. And it's going to start to reproduce uh, better or, you know, for longer or or whatever. Um, now, viruses generally mutate to get less dangerous, per se, or less deadly, because uh, it can go from person to person if it's not killing as many people. Right. But in, in the case of COVID, there's so much COVID around the world that it's kind of this is going into overdrive and it's happening happening very quickly. And that's the reason just suppressing it through our practice, you know, through what we do is really important. Now, the thing about the different variants that we, we know of at the moment are we're all talking about the UK variant and mm. the Brazil variant. That's what's kind of we're paying attention to now. But the way it's going, we're going to be talking about different variants Pretty much constantly for, for a while because they're arising so quickly. Um, they do have different properties, and I suppose that's what's what's interesting. The UK one is pretty dominant here uh, at this point. It's kind of uh, outcompeted all the other COVID, and the reason is it's really good at jumping from person to person. Yeah. So before you wear your mask, you don't meet up. That would pretty much suppress uh, the the previous uh, variant we had. But this uh, this variant of COVID is really really good at jumping from from person to person. So it doesn't appear to be a lot more Deadly, but if a lot more people have it, it's it's more contagious. And then, you know, cumulatively, it's going to affect more people. So it's it's a bit of bad news, but it's kind of it's here already. Um, The Brazil one, which you you probably also heard about, that's a bit different. And I think uh, so what I've read is that one kind of surprising thing about it is a bunch of people who got COVID in the first wave seem to have gotten COVID in second or third wave uh, in, in parts of Brazil. You know, even though they had it the first time, they got it again, and it right. was because this new variant evaded their the defenses that their body learned the first time around. So your body thought I can handle this, but it really couldn't when you got this new variant. So
1: these variants, they're getting smarter. Well, they. I
0: mean, yeah. So that's a good point, actually. They they basically are like a lot of the different variants are. Um, independently evolving the same traits. You know, they're they're independently kind of optimizing uh, their operation um, and, and getting the same traits. But at the same time, while they're getting smarter, you know, getting smarter is also not killing your host. So um, yeah. there's, there's kind of hope that they'll get a little bit less deadly uh, because it'd be nice if COVID you know uh was a bit more gentle on us and it would be good for covid really which is a weird thing to say but that's the way i get it i get it
1: so covid wants to every covid wants everyone to get covid but if covid (laughs) keeps killing people then it stops it's halting the spread so actually the dream it's not in covid's
0: best interest no
1: so the dream for covid is that it can get to all of us but not kill us
0: that would be kind of the, the ideal way uh, uh, some viruses would evolve. But they, they don't all evolve in ideal ways. I mean, right. you see Ebola is not nearly as contagious, but it is certainly super deadly and it hasn't evolved a, a, a much less deadly form. So these are unpredictable, yeah. but you can you can assume it's going to evolve quickly and in somewhat, I wouldn't say predictable ways, but you, you can expect certain things to happen. And they probably will. Like we'll get more variants.
1: Yeah, you see, Ian, I'm going to latch on to any little bit of hope that comes up. That's <laughs> That's a common thread on this program. If I hear even a slight, a slight hint of potential hope, I will latch right onto it. OK, well, that's yeah. good. That helps um, in terms of COVID. Um, now, let's get down to the volcano. I have seen this footage is absolutely incredible of this um, erupting volcano. Um, but I don't understand how it works. So can you just explain it to me like I'm five? Mm.
0: Well, they work. They work in very different ways, and there's there's thousands of volcanoes uh, around the world. So it's not. I don't want to say it's complicated, but but there's diversity in volcanoes. So okay. if you're talking about the Iceland one, let's talk about Iceland and yeah. Italy, because Italy has volcanoes that are kind of going off all the time. Oh, uh, and Iceland does uh, as well. If if you've been to Iceland, you see geysers, and you can go and see yeah. kind of. Well, uh, that
1: big one, like ten years ago, meant I couldn't go see LCD sound system. So that I, you know, I'm aware. Yeah.
0: You've, in 10 years, you've had time to learn that it's pronounced something like a, a flyokal or something like that. So you, I have you, not, you can, but
1: you have, and that's enough.
0: <laughs> it, took about, it took about 10 years. Um, but but think, I, the easiest way to think about the difference between those two scenarios are um, Iceland is kind of like a, uh, the tectonic plates. You have to understand tectonic plates. So the earth is covered in plates. So imagine... Yes, I do, a way this to, to,
1: I do understand.
0: There you go. Okay, so you have plates... <laughs> separating and it's opening up this gap in the earth and and so you always have the hot center of the earth mm-hmm. wants to kind of bubble out there so you ever put you ever put a top on a uh, pan of pasta like you've been cooking pasta and you put the top on to yes. keep it warm yeah too long what, what happens
1: oh it bubbles over
0: exactly the same thing so you have this heat inside and it wants to kind of get out and when you put a top on you're keeping the pressure in and that's what's happening in italy so in Italy, you have um, the tectonic plates are smooshing together, so they're increasing the pressure, and the pressure, the hot pressure inside the earth, this mo- molten rock, it can't get out because there's a top on it. And so in Italy, you get the explosive, uh, like Mount Etna, so it's kind of waiting until it's really hot, and then it bursts the top off the, off the pan. Okay. I- Iceland is, is the difference, where it's separating, these, these plates are separating apart, and you have a gap, and it's kind of always coming out. There's always a little bit of... Uh, stuff coming out. Now, they did have the explosive ones, and you get those occasionally. But it all just depends on if if the pressure is being contained, and then it has to burst, or if it's open, and it's just kind of always always coming out as as happy lava. Like Hawaii. Like Hawaii, uh, it's just, there's lava always coming out, making new islands, making new beaches, and you can go surfing in uh, a new island in 10 years, where uh, it's, it's, it's much happier. So it all just has to do with the hot center of the earth wants to basically come out from any any gap it can find
1: okay so is the, so the center of the earth is it lava <laughs> or is so, it like okay. molten <laughs> that liquid <laughs> stuff
0: it's a it, it's a it's a good question so the uh, earth venus and mars all have hot kind of cores uh, at the center of the planets now okay the the lava we're getting from volcanoes isn't the center it's it's further out it's okay. you know below the crust of the earth but we're not talking the absolute uh, center core of the earth but okay so you're telling me earth.
1: earth isn't like a rolo like
0: <laughs> well it's it, like
1: I, I, molten it lava in the middle and... the
0: <laughs> okay so, so so it is it is it's it's hot in the middle but um, the lava we get isn't coming all the way from the from the very center of the rolo okay. it's coming from a little bit a little bit further out um, okay there you go. So uh, it's, it's molten rock. So it's actually not not that far down. We're not talking center of the earth, but it's below the, the cooler crust, which is hard. And it, and it wants to burst through that.
1: And presumably um, we're like monitoring. Well, I'm not. But people who know about volcanoes are monitoring volcanoes. <laughs> like we don't need to worry about a volcano suddenly appearing or erupting. Do we?
0: No, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> I would say. The, so the, yes, they're they're monitoring them constantly. Like in Iceland before this one, they had two weeks of something like ten thousand earthquakes, like little tiny earthquakes. Okay. They knew it was coming, uh, yeah. so it's it's not a big issue there. In and other that's places, why all so, those so,
1: people were there, by the way, standing so close to it. I was couldn't get over how close they were.
0: Volcanoes are cool; they're fun to see. No, you, I you agree, but would you like?
1: Day. Is it not very hot? Well,
0: would... well it does get warm, and, and actually, they use they use that heat from it. I mean, the the heat that heats the the Blue Lagoon where you can go bathing in, like, warm waters and hot springs, like, that's basically the same thing going on. You have this hot um, uh, rock that gets close to the surface and and warms up stuff. So it's predictable. It's fairly safe in a place like Iceland. It is not fairly safe uh, in some other places where you have, you know, hundreds or thousands of years between eruptions Mm because then you don't have the same kind of warning. You don't know what's going to happen. And this is the case in in California. And if you know, Yellowstone National Park is basically one big volcano that wants to go off every eh, two th- 200,000 years or so so you can't really be totally prepared for that one and when that one goes off 200,000 years or, or whatever uh two million years I don't know exactly what the number is that's a lot of built-up pressure so that's going to be a big uh a big eruption that will have less warning and more catastrophic results no problem here in Ireland we don't have any real okay. active uh tectonic plates so we don't have to worry about it here
1: but where where are we in terms of the schedule for that uh, California one to go off we're
0: kind of due. Oh, We're kind great. Good, gotcha. shot. Yeah. You know, but, if but... that
1: was going to happen anytime, I feel like it would happen now, you know? We're just in that kind of humor as a planet, aren't we? Yeah, a humor for destruction. just get
0: it out of the way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. I am not actually willing that to happen because presumably that would be really deadly.
0: And, yeah. And also when I say it's due, it's due in the way that like a 200,000 year event is. It might happen in the next one, two, 3,000 years. So, okay. uh it's not. It's probably not going to happen in okay. 2021, but it would just so It'd be typical.
1: All of my listeners in California. It's OK, guys. Um, yeah. OK. All right. Well, let's talk now about the walrus, because we talked about this walrus last week who appeared. The story went he fell asleep and he floated <laughs> to Kerry um, in Ireland and then he floated or went on holidays to Wales. Um, how did this presumably this happening is not a good thing?
0: Well, not for the walrus, certainly. I mean, it sounds like an excuse out of the Hangover movies or something like that. I just fell asleep on an iceberg, I swear. It wasn't some wild party that went wrong. Um, The reason it's it's surprising to me is if you look at climate change and how that's disrupting uh, species, you generally have species who are in warm water going towards colder water because the whole, you know, the planet is warming up and they want to go, um, you know, if the tropics get even hotter, they want to go to where it's a a little bit cooler because Ireland is getting warmer, whatever. But for a species to go from a cold place to a warm place is... Kind of a little bit more unusual, but it just speaks to the, the disruption in our climate we're causing. Um, I mean, poor walrus, it's not where he belongs. It's not where he's made to be. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think anybody has a great theory on why he headed over to Wales. You know, I don't know what was wrong with Valencia Island, except for maybe he didn't have the the food he wanted. But we're going to see, unfortunately, more of this. Whether yeah. species are being uh, forced to move, you know, because of climate change or because their food stocks are depleted, or because of, in the case of you know, some whales migrating species who use sonar and, and, and such, you know, there's noise disruption in the ocean. And you have, this is where you have whales go up the wrong estuary and beach themselves because they, they actually can't hear properly and they yeah. can't um, figure out their location. So we'll have more of this. I mean, there's um, there's blue crabs turning up in, uh, in, in, in basically in Dublin on, on the beaches and uh, there's a, a group asking people to report it. I found a curled octopus, which, you know, you generally the summer, you generally don't find uh, this far north, but you yeah. can see species moving north and jellyfish we've all heard about the jellyfish blooms unfortunately that looks like it's going to get far more common as you know as the ocean gets more acidic as as carbon dioxide in the atmosphere goes up and as it gets warmer i wish i had some good news to end this one on it's okay but it, don't you know, worry we might, we might see some new sharks or something uh, some cool new species oh, uh, off the west coast <laughs>
1: okay with the sharks staying where they are to be honest um okay well look um we are offering an amnesty here do not be afraid ask any science question that you have we will do our best to get an answer for you 51552 you can email us as well louise at rte.ie don't be afraid about sounding stupid we are all not stupid is the wrong word um uh, uninformed. We are all uninformed at times in our life, and let's just try and fix a little bit of that now. Okay, thank you so much. Ian is with us, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Louise MacSharry
0: on Two FM. Arctic
1: Monkeys and Do I Want to Know on Two FM. We are doing How to Be an Adult, and this week we're talking about science because I didn't know how a volcano worked, and I realised that actually there's a, I just my brain just kind of goes Sci- That's science. You don't understand science. And I thought there's probably lots of people who feel the same way so we thought we would get someone who does understand science to explain some scientific stuff for us it's an amnesty a uh, uh, no judgment zone for uh what you might consider stupid questions about science today and how to be an adult and i'm joined by ian brunswick head of strategic academic engagement at the science gallery in dublin uh well welcome back ian are you ready for some questions
0: I'm ready. Hit me.
1: Okay, so the first question says, and they've clearly fundamentally misunderstood the tone because they say, "Louise, don't laugh." Of course, I would not laugh. There is no laughter here, um, unless it's like fun laughter, not laughter in judgment. The question is, how does water work? Like, if it's always in a cycle, is it the same water that the dinosaurs drank?
0: <laughs> that's
1: actually. I'm laughing because fascin- I love it.
0: <laughs> it's a great question. It sounds it sounds silly or flippant, but it's actually a fascinating. There's a fascinating answer. So uh, I would say water molecules are so small so let's take a, a a cup of coffee there are so many water molecules in that say you drink your cup of coffee and you process it and it goes into the the uh sewer or whatever that does eventually get spread around the entire earth so uh one famous story is that in the cup of tea abraham lincoln drank on the day he was shot there are like 13 molecules of water that are in the cup of tea you're having this morning there are so many in there and they get so spread around the world so absolutely you know the the water that uh, the dinosaurs had uh, the water that Michael Collins uh, you know drank some morning that gets cycled around and that is in all the water you encounter because the molecules are so so kind of incomprehensibly small but that's how small they are that they get pervasive and, and go everywhere so you're you're drinking the same cup of tea that Abraham Lincoln, Mike Collins, and the dinosaurs drank if they if they had Frank tea, basically. So,
1: and I know yeah. there will be people who are wondering, how does that work in terms of cleanliness?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it gets it gets processed, it gets filtered through uh, such a long process where. Um, yeah, okay, so it goes up into the atmosphere, and as it evaporates, you get water becomes, you know, very pure, uh, okay. and then it comes down, it runs down the mountain streams, and you get something that looks like it comes into a Ballygowan bottle, so okay. it gets cleaned in that cycle uh, uh, very well. The only thing I will say is, up in the Arctic and the Antarctic, if there is dirt in the, in the water or lead, for example, that we've polluted in the atmosphere, that does get sealed in the ice. So you can detect pollutants in ice because ice is the exception to that. Ice gets locked into, uh, you know, for thousands or, or more years um, where it doesn't go into the cycle. So you can actually dig into ice and see traces of humans from Two thousand years ago, when the Romans were burning a lot of stuff, and you can see human time in ice, so it's it's the exception to that cycle.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, next question. Staying with liquids, has acid rain gone away? It was a big deal when I was in school, but now you don't hear anything about it. I feel like
0: it was a huge deal, like back when it was really important to turn off the lights and not run the tap, and we all heard about acid rain. So no, it hasn't gone away, but it has become, and this is a bit of a success story. It has become a little bit less of a problem, Um, and the reason is. Uh, so rain is naturally a little bit acidic. When it falls through the atmosphere, it picks up carbon dioxide, and it turns into uh, dilute, car- you know, weak carbonic acid. That's basically sparkling water. So rain is already a little bit acidic. Mm. But when it picks up certain pollutants, especially, um, I think, sulfur, sulfur dioxide and nitrogen dioxide, um, these are things that, you know, come out of your car uh, or from burning fossil fuels or coal. They're in the atmosphere from our pollutants. Rain picks those up, and then it makes it too, too acidic. So rain comes down, and, it, and, it's, and it's quite acidic and bad for agriculture. We've cut down on sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide in a lot of, lot of countries. Uh, in China and I think Russia, they haven't cut down as much. So it is still a problem and a local problem uh, there. It's still a problem here, but it's less of a problem because we've, we've cut down on the amount of coal we use. The amount of diesel is kind of the next thing to come. So as we reduce those pollutants we're gonna have less and less acid rain. It's like the ozone layer. We knew what was was causing the problem. We cut back on chlorofluorocarbons and it's actually starting to repair itself a little bit. So we can give ourselves a, a rare pat on the back uh, in that regard.
1: That's actually really, it's really good to hear because I think things can sound really bleak in terms of climate change and the environment and everything that we're doing. Um, so that's good to hear a little success story. And then very quickly before I let you go Ian, if everybody in the whole world jumped at the same time, what would happen? <laughs>
0: If, if everybody in the world jumped at the same time, uh, the the A and E's would probably be full because you know one percent of the people would fall down and break their ankles. I would be one of um, them, yes. <laughs> but uh, if everybody jumped at the same time, it really it wouldn't have that uh, effect of like throwing off gravity and throwing the Earth around. First of all, because you've got the world encircled with people, so you'd have an equal but opposite reaction of people jumping in the opposite opposite way. But more so. In reality, it's such a tiny amount of mass of people jumping, so it wouldn't wouldn't have an effect. Um, I think if you you might feel your building give a little vibrate if you have, live in a very dense uh, dense housing state or something like that. But I actually doubt it would really be noticeable uh, anywhere.
1: Okay, well, that's good to know. It's, we can live in that comfort. Um, <coughs> Ian, I could ask you questions all day long, so I think you're going to have to come back if you'd be up for it. Um, oh,
0: yeah, my pleasure.
1: Okay, uh, we've got a question. Afric, who is a presenter here on the station, she wants to know about quicksand. I would also like to know about that. I'd like to know about sinkholes. We've got, there's lots for us to discuss, so <laughs> we'll have to chat yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for so sure. much. Ian Brunswick, Head of Strategic Academic Engagement at the Science Gallery in Dublin. Can't wait till you guys are open again. I have to say, I drive by uh, with my kids every day on the way home from crash and my son looks in the window you've got like a big oh. it's almost like a big blob in the window at the moment and he loves it um oh
0: that's great that's great yeah we can't wait to can't wait to reopen in, in happier times as yeah. well
1: super thank you so much ian have a great day
0: thanks ladies. louise McSherry on 2fm